Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about And Just Like That. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder, should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex in the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Folks, asking me to choose my favorite episode of Sex in the City is like asking me to choose my favorite child in that I definitely have one, even if I don't always realize it and i'm pretty sure that it is season four episode eight my motherboard myself um and the log line from hbo on this is carrie learns a valuable lesson after her computer crashes samantha searches for an elusive climax and miranda's personal crisis leads everyone to see things in a new light aka the one where miranda's mom dies written by the great julie rottenberg and lisa zaritsky who are also of course eps on it just like that and captures everything we love about this show and our girls hilarious and devastating and puts friendship right at the heart of things it is a perfect episode of television and speaking of perfection we're gonna start this episode of the podcast just like this episode of the show a, a true new york power lunch i'm just gonna catch up with two busy big city gals on the go first he is a screenwriter who I had the pleasure of working with on Heathers and the co-host of the Sexy Unique podcast, Carrie O'Donnell. Hello. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hi. Thank you for being here. So happy to be here at lunch with you. And we are joined by the very busy actor, writer, producer, and co-founder of Open Books, which donates LGBTQ affirming books to public libraries, Morgan Walsh. Hi. Hi, Matt. So happy to be here. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Morgan. So tell... Guys, it is a power lunch. It really is. It really is. And we have to get right to it, like any true power lunch. Tell me the story of how you two met. Well, wow. Carrie, do you want to start? We have a mutual friend who is a very amazing glue for different friend groups. Mm -hmm. And he, we've met a few times at dinners he and his husband have hosted. And then they, a friend of theirs hosted a survivor simulation game where they have like a very big yard i i'm just gonna stop you right there yeah. i don't know how much of a simulation it was i was pretty real wow yeah it felt very real very cutthroat yeah so it was like they had this big backyard so they hosted this the games on this saturday like two years ago or a year and a half ago and it was like i thought it was gonna just be like some volleyball and like it yeah. was Fully, it was like eight hours. Like we fully got lost in this game. And I actually, it came down between Morgan's husband and me. Wow. And he beat me. So mm. I got, I was the runner up. But it was an incredible, and we all, you know, I think Morgan and I, thank God that we 
our friendship survived. Well, you're not the only one that is angry still or holding on a little bit of a resentment from that day. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but our host was the very first one eliminated, which is like, that's yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. To invite all these people for eight hours in your home and then... Yeah, and also just just to, like, playing with a bunch of gays. No Drama. one gets more competitive and and sinister and, like, schemey than a bunch of gays. It was so schemey, and that's the part I didn't prep for. Like, no, I, me neither. I was thinking, like, I want, you know, I'm going to do challenges. I did, like, a five-minute plank. I don't know if you remember. I do remember, and we also... Yeah. We, there was, the thing I remember most of Morgan that day was there was a one game where we were, I was blindfolded and (laughs) a friend, Chet, I think was, Mm -hmm. Morgan was in the ear of another guy who was blindfolded and then Chet, the host husband, Chet Hanks, (sighs) yes. He was in my ear sort of directing me to to do Jenga blindfolded. Yes, blindfolded. And And it seems easy, but it is not. No, it was so hard. It doesn't sound easy at all. My okay. heart was like, I was, and I, I won, but my heart was, and I, I just remember hearing Morgan's very delicate stuff. Okay, move it over. <laughs> and it was just like this whole, it was so amplified and it was just really insane. And by nightfall, <laughs> friendships were lost. I mean, we had the full tribal council. There were, there was a campfire where people, I mean, the, there's music, there's a and trailer. are you voting cut, each other out should, and forming alliances oh, yes. and stabbing each other in the back yes. and all of it? Wow. And there's a yes. camera where you vote. So like you have yes. to look into the camera. And you hold like, up the thing. Yeah. No, it is. Oh my God. It is real. I also am, have a resentment from that day because I was playing, might I say, great. You were. Like, I was delivering on challenges. I'm solving puzzles. I'm like running fast on the five minute plank. I just, I was really delivering. And, and I was even paying attention to how I was delivering. Like you don't want to deliver too hard, too long, Mm -hmm. because then you're competition and they're going to scoot you on out of there. But we, you know, they announced at some point that they're going to split us into two different teams and you switch buffs. You know, you, we even have the buffs. Yeah. Um, the the scarf thing that you wear mm-hmm. around your neck. And Matt, my husband and I were by chance put on the same team. And I was feeling very good again about my performance. And when I say that I was really the first eliminated, I think, once the team split because I'm married to Matt. Wow. And they were like, we can't have a married couple on the same team. You were we the were sacrificial the- lamb. Yeah, but it's honestly probably for the best, playing. Morgan. Because if you got down to the end with him and it got ugly between you two, who knows if your marriage would have survived that survivor? I mean, we just have to keep our priorities straight, which is clearly the Obviously, game yeah. and winning. I played honest. I have to say, I played really honest through the most okay. of the day, and then I there was one move where I stabbed my friend Chet, who was the other host in the back, and it haunted me. He was he's the nicest person on earth and it was it almost made me cry when i had it was gut-wrenching and 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 it like it sealed my fate that's how that's how you well not win but that's how you get close i was kelly Hmm. i was kelly i don't know the reference but i believe it Kelly, the Kelly, the first runner-up of first survivor who sue said if you were dying of thirst i wouldn't give you water you're a snake 
It was, I mean, Matt, they drama across the campfire, yelling, uh, the real true feeling of betrayal, which caught me off guard. And I've actually played again at their house. And guess who I did my one real shitty thing who? to? Chat. Chat. Oh, wow. Poor Chat. And it sucked. And he asked me about it. He's like, when, but I had a really hardcore alliance with Chet's husband, Hase, um, which I <laughs> Matt, stand you by. would get a kick out of Hase. You would love him. This sounds so terrifying to me. I don't, I don't know that it I was... would. But what I appreciate is that it's like, sounds like they are, are similar to me trying to just simply crawl inside their favorite TV show and live there. <laughs> yes. I yes. wish we could do a Sex in the City simulation. Survivor there. Day. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah. So let's get inside it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I asked Carrie what episode he'd like to discuss and immediately said this one, I almost started crying just at the mention of it. The muscle memory kicked in so much. Carrie, why did you choose this one? Well, I'm from Philadelphia, so it, I like mm-hmm. that. That city gets some representation, even though it was probably filmed in Chelsea or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I think it's like you said earlier, it's the best of the show all in one. It's heartfelt, but not too earnest or precious. And I think it's the most Miranda Miranda's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Miranda at her best, at her worst. And I think it actually is Carrie's best friendship moment. Yeah, agreed. And I think I loved samantha's little runner and i loved charlotte just like i just they all kind of did their thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean they all everything how they processed this charlotte went into like action you know parent pta mom mode samantha worried about herself and like losing herself and dissociating carrie was just thinking about her computer mm-hmm. and miranda you know yells at a saleswoman and it's just like it's them all at their most them yes Totally. And it's so perfect. And the ending is perfect. And you are a true Sex and the City obsessive, right? Yes. I mean, you're named after this main character. I was yeah. named after <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. Um, yeah, I am I mean, I rewatched the whole series in COVID because my husband had never watched it. And I watched everything again. And it was like... Going home? It was going home, but it was also like an affirmation that like it really kind of still holds up. Yeah. And I know there's obviously some like dated references and jokes mm-hmm. and like things that are like cringe, but like they, I, I just think like they were doing more than most were at that time yeah. and like talking about these things. So I give them credit and it was really fucking funny. And like, oh, yeah. I was, I lol at that show. Same. And I cry quite a bit, especially in this one. And Morgan, Same. I think that similar to Carrie's husband, I'll, I'm just realizing that Carrie is married and I haven't even acknowledged that. Congratulations. Matt, it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's been so long. So much life has I happened. I know. It's really crazy. So like Carrie's husband, Morgan, you not a watcher of Sex in the City. No. And I have to say, deep shame about this like i'm i want to just like take a moment to say thank you you know because you really have let me bust through that wall because every this show is the talk of the town and i and i realized that the era that it was out was um a time in my life where i was very distracted by things Mm. and i wasn't um yeah i i didn't 
watch it. And so because of you and your podcast, Matt, then I started my first exposure, real exposure to the show is and just like that, which is probably mind blowing and sacrilegious to people who love this. Strange. It is a strange way in. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And guys, I really, I really love it just like that. I really love it. I mean, I'm hooked. I couldn't stop watching. It's a bomb. Yeah. Did you ever live in New York, Morgan? I have spent significant amount of time there and I met my husband there, but I've not lived, lived. But you were sort of like, I'm sure, I don't know how how young you were when the show came out, but did you ever feel like you were there? I was was 10. Did you ever feel like you were living that like girly life? I absolutely... Sex and City girly life. The Sex and the City girly, the friend, the... The girlfriends, the the single life, checking in, what's the status of this and that, like absolutely and career pursuits, 100%. So each one of them, each character resonates with me. And I'll, I want to say like even being new to the show, it's kind of like when you have a child, of course that child wasn't there but you feel like that child has always been there mm-hmm. or even that's true with our dogs. Like, I feel like we've always had our dogs. They've always, that's how I feel about these characters. I've always known them. Yeah, yeah. it is. I'm a hundred percent in. It, the show was, was made for you truly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's strange that you would I'm block, right block that blessing for so long, but I'm glad you have now. And, and I mean, I got to say in terms of the, who is a Carrie and who's a Miranda, whatnot. I mean, Carrie is a Carrie, I think not just in, in name, but in, in life, My name's in, you know, style and all of it. Morgan, I would definitely <laughs> label I? you as a Charlotte, which is the highest compliment. I, I love Charlotte. So, I mean, like there's the maternal thing that Carrie mentioned, but it's just like, you're, your sensitivity and your emotions are so close to the service and you take such care of everyone around you. Optimism. And optimism, yeah. So that's, yeah. I Last night, I was thinking, as I was rewatching again, I was like this, I also thought, I'm like, oh my God, I'm Charlotte. And I think we all want to be Carrie. I want to be Carrie, but I'm a Charlotte. Yeah. And I have to be okay with that. I think that's, Charlotte is Charlotte to me is the one character that stayed herself in just like that. Yeah. She's the one really fully fleshed out character. She really departs though, dare I say, from how she handles Miranda's Miranda's mom's death, the other, you know, reason it's called motherboard, Miranda's mom dying. Mm. She is steps throws herself into action, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when Mr. Big dies and just like that, she takes over. She's crying the yeah. whole time. So, well, she just, she didn't I'm, feel like uh, she killed Miranda's mom, and she felt like she killed Big. Killed Mr. You know, Big. And she certainly right. did. He got what he deserved. May he rot in hell. But let's start with Carrie and Aiden in this episode because, um, you know, they've taken this big step. He's got a key to her apartment, which is rich considering that 20 years later and they reunite on and just like that, it's a huge deal that he mm-hmm. he can't even set foot into this place. and Can't even look at yeah, it. Yeah, we're seeing all of his his nurturing qualities and we're also seeing that Carrie finds him kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And when it comes that to the, the big versus Aiden thing, I... Always say like I'm going Aiden every time, but what I really prefer is Carrie single. But Aiden, Same. Aiden did 
show up for Miranda's mom's funeral in Philadelphia when Big couldn't even show up for Charlotte's daughter's recital a few blocks away, which I think is everything you need to know about those two men. But where are you at uh, emotionally, Carrie, with Aiden then and now? Well, it's like the hottest Aiden's ever been. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, preach, preach, in his, preach. In his full like swinger vibe, mm-hmm. like he looks like a swinger. Mm. He's very Lucy. He's mm-hmm. Lucy Goosey. Like I, yeah, I was yeah. really into that. He's deeply annoying, mm-hmm. but like, and I agree. Carrie kind of needs to just never find love. She's at her best when she's just looking for it and never finding. She's it. at her best. She's the city. She's ephemeral. She's she's, she's like not. She's meant to just be like mercurial and not ever shifting. But yeah, Aiden, I feel for him in this episode. Carrie's. Loves to like abuse him mm-hmm. emotionally. Um, he bought her a computer. He really tried. He bought her a Mac in 1998 or whatever. With a handle, yeah, travel handle and a hard drive, a backup yeah. drive. I don't like her. Like I, I felt I didn't like her. Like recoiling at his touch. Mm-hmm. You mean when very, when Miranda she, calls her? Yeah, and also just like in the computer store when yeah. they're in like it looks like they're waiting at the DMV. Like she's like, oh, don't touch. Oh, you right, know what right. I mean? It's so Carrie. It's so SJP that. Uh, you know and um but i but then i'm also like i get it i'm like aiden you're fucking annoying stop touching her he's so fucking annoying (laughs) and and yeah it it, you really see how prickly carrie is in this episode like these different moments with their they like remind you that like she's a human too she's not always so nice that that max store Hell. I'm just gonna say, what is happening? There were open metal shelves behind that. Like that was not. That's not the Genius Bar. No, no. this was like <laughs> pre 9/11. It was so crazy. I didn't even. I didn't understand it. And I think it was technically supposed to be. I think a this is one of those right? off-brand like sh- places you go when you don't have the um, uh, Apple Care plan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't have the apple. She let her thing. She didn't have it. The insurance. I'm also, I always take it to a place of 9-11, but I'm like, I feel very, <laughs> like, it haunts the show. Oh, yeah. And, like, it, it harkens back to a time. So all, even, like, this Mac bar moment, I'm like, things are just not a care in the world. That's right. These people. Yeah. And this is right before yeah. 9-11, I think. Yeah. Like it looms over. Yeah. I. Oh. I feel like the writing is on the wall a little bit when um, Carrie gets the call about Miranda's mom and Aiden tries to kind of comfort her, but he doesn't fully know what to do. And you could tell she doesn't really want to. It's like she wants to be with Miranda. She doesn't want to be with him. She turns the water on. He's too in her business, right? He's just too in her business. Yeah, she goes into the bathroom and turns on the sink water and sits on the bathtub. She's her, the you know, as Mr. Big says in the, ep- the last episode of the whole series, she's you're the love of her life, mm-hmm. you know, and these women are her true relationships yeah. and she doesn't need men. I, you know, this show is all about honest conversations where we, we really face our fears. And for some of us, it's a fear of aging. For some of us, it's a fear of carbs. And hey, I get it. The fear is real. But that is why I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Hero Bread. Hero Bread has remade many of your favorite foods, but in these fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. Two of my favorite things. 
I've always said, if I ever have twin children, their names are going to be protein and fiber. What did I have for lunch today? A tuna sandwich on their seeded bread. It was the perfect texture. It toasts up just like a dream. My God, was it good. And right now, if you go to hero.co and use code like Matt, you will get 10% off your first order. So don't give up on being a breadhead because Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co, use code like Matt at checkout. That's like Matt at H E R O.co. Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. Earn In empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it, no mandatory fees, and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work, access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download Earn In today. That's e a-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, just type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the strangest, strangest, darkest story. I don't know why Let's we go. should Get cut this it. out. Let's talk about 9-11, Matt. <laughs> this is, well, my 9-11 was when I was living in this apartment in my 20s and I had, I, I was so broke and I started running this like scam basically where I, it was like in that time of your life when like everybody just starts moving to LA from New York. And mm-hmm. so my friends were mm-hmm. having, starting to need to come out kind of quickly and for short periods of time. And I would rent out my own bedroom to my friends. And then I made my own bedroom in what Mm. was essentially a nook where the dining room table was supposed to be. And I put a a futon in there and hung a curtain. And so I was like, well, I'm now basically making money to live in my apartment. And I'm living with my best friends and there's more people here. It's all fun. And so there would be a lot of nights where there were like a lot of people hanging out in my two bedroom apartment. Different people would bring guys home or whatever. And I was sleeping in the nook one night with a guy that I was dating who had some Aiden qualities, especially the sort of annoying ones we're talking about here, was so nice. You mean nurturing? nurturing? Yeah, I don't care for that in a man. Caretaking? Um, And we were wakened by (laughs) the news that a friend who was staying with me, her mom died. And there was this like sudden eruption and another friend shows up like every, there's like everyone's crying and I'm just like stumbling out of bed hung over. I don't know what is happening. And I get the news really abruptly and they leave. And it's just like a bomb went off and I start crying, of course. And this guy looked at me and sort of like took me by the shoulders and looked at me really alarmed. He goes, okay, you need to breathe. And I was just like, oh, we're done. Mm-mm. We're done. No. I, I, no. I, that was it. That was no. the end. Out of, of here. Relationship. Everything about that approach is wrong. I, why is this high-fiving? Oh, Renee wants to Allow raise, raise her I hand. Like it. Or high-five us. I don't know. <laughs>
that is the that is truly that is terrorism <laughs> yeah see it is my night allow alive. you allow you your partner should allow you to be crazy in a moment or like allow you to like come undone and you and all you need to do is just like say it's okay you were just having feelings that were appropriate because you love your friend yeah and then this person okay you grabs need you breathe. by the shoulders <laughs> In what world is that comforting? It Get out of my so, life. I'm so triggered right now. It was so clearly <sighs> the end for him. Yeah. Yeah. But so when Miranda's mom dies, I mean, first of all, Cynthia Nixon deserves every Emmy she ever got. Oh I'm, I'm sure her Emmy came right after this. It had to. It's just like perfect performance, tip to tail. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. I'm crazy for her. Just the Even how she was handling the, the woman in the changing room. Oh. And then she had that turn Lucille. where she realized she's yelling at the sales clerk like she would yell at her mom. Yeah, Lucille. Yeah. She's yelling at her mom. Her, Lucille was her mom for a moment. Yeah. And yeah. and I yeah, and it it's uh, as much as I do appreciate and just like that, it does make me sad that this Miranda's no longer there. Yeah. Who this wow. Miranda who is so funny and like the original kind of edgelord mm-hmm. New Yorker mm-hmm. and just like so cynical, but also like just so real and raw and like just gets it. And like yeah. even in her moments of like despair is like not, and she's become this like goofy old woman, you know, this like, mm-hmm. and it's just, it really bums me out that they did away with not to like, I mean, I love the right, you know, yeah. praise be to the writers forever, but like, can we just have this Miranda back? Please? I'm with it's, you. It's not. Oh, go ahead. No, it's just, yeah, she's that Lucille scene, even at the end of it, when you're like, I'm ready for full catharsis. Like, let's just sob into Louise, to, uh, Lucille's bosom. And Miranda does give her a hug and she cries a little bit, but then she pulls back and is like, okay, let's not get too sentimental. She stays herself. But I keep saying, I, I feel like after the current and just like that Miranda journey, I feel like we're entering into an era of like a return to classic Miranda. Now she's out of the closet. She's gay. She's dating women. She's gotten rid of Che. She's gotten rid of Steve. She's, she, I feel like we're going to get back to <laughs> the Miranda we know and love. It's just the difference is that she's going to be dating women instead. I hope so. I hope so. I want to just compliment the writers too, because that is a real predicament, the not knowing your own bra size. Mm. That is legit that's realistic i don't i feel like we all go through it where we think we're one thing and we're not and you do need a lucille to get in there and feel around and wrap something around you and tell you Mm -hmm. so i was i that was i really got we couldn't we couldn't have the lucille scene today because she she just barges in and starts grabbing miranda's boobs which is what we need to happen but it it would be considered assault today but you know speaking of it just like that one of the great things about going back to these episodes after spending so much time with and just like that is doing the kind of detective work of like, what other characters can we bring back in season three of the show? Because I see myself as like a an unwanted researcher for the writers there. <laughs> but Miranda <laughs> has they this judgmental sister played by the great Becky Ann Baker. Mm. And like that's a character I'd definitely like to see come back. I what yeah. I, I love that she's from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I love that she I can I'm sure she's from like the sort of like waspy upper crust part of Philly, like the main line area. So that's what I was seeing. So it it tracks that like her sister's kind of cold and domineering. She doesn't she, Miranda can't really express emotions because I'm sure her you know they're very like up stiff upper lip family. Um, 
I love I, that the intro to Philly or the representation though were the two guys that like ogle Samantha. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're like, I don't know, haggard. Yeah. And, like well, greasy I'm not, and I'm not fucking them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though I want my orgasm back, I'm not it's going down low. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Samantha because well, everyone everyone's you know scrambling to figure out how to react. Carrie's trying; she's saying all the, the wrong things, and Charlotte is you know focused on being perfectly appropriate. And Samantha's chasing her orgasm with the wrestling coach, alarmingly hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like really into that. I was like, I want those. Yeah, but what did you think about the way grief and specifically the way friends react to it was depicted here? Really great. Great. Next question. Um, Morgan, <laughs> how about you? I I was confused because in the beginning, when Samantha finds out, I was like, oh, she's clearly impacted by the death of Miranda's mom. She's not calling her. Charlotte keeps saying call her mm-hmm. and, and she's not. And I thought, OK, well, Samantha's really feeling this. But then she really leans into thousand and one sex positions and and then it really becomes her the loss of her orgasm. And so I was like, maybe I'm reading it wrong and she doesn't care. And then, of course, like that, I cried. That's when I cried was the moment in the funeral when Miranda turns around and she locks with Samantha and Samantha says, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Like, I have a lump in my throat right now. I know. And the way Miranda, the way Cynthia played that of just, like... It's okay. She... Yeah, she is. Thank you. Like, it was... And it was, like, she gets that it's hard for Samantha to say that. And she's, like, being tender with her in that moment. Being yeah, like, because we... They don't tell us that Miranda is missing Samantha, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not really getting that on the surface. But in that moment, you realize the depth of their friendship. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And a, like <clears throat> the flowers also. Oh my God. You know, that, a- that was so my mom. Like when, when Charlotte's sitting there, like shaking her head, being like hyper fixating on like <laughs> how it looks. Yeah. That's like, I could literally see my mom in church being like, God damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's such a, and it's so, and it is like, that's the way she loves, you know, like that's her way of like loving. What I don't know. That's the way that she loves Miranda is like, doing that kind of thing yeah yeah and i love that they kind of, i love when her sister's like yeah there they are and they're like the size of like a truck oh god and she's like they said they would be tasteful yeah which feels <laughs> you know because samantha's first uh reaction is also like great tell me where to send the check for the flowers so that's sort of her only contribution and then later hard to not see the connection later on and then just like that when big dies and obviously samantha doesn't come to the funeral and sends the perfect centerpiece and you know charlotte doesn't get it right but like boy does samantha get it right and big's funeral so tasteful (sighs) it's the same i was that's exactly i kept thinking like what a what a beautiful way for them to connect the two series the latter, yeah. of course, being my favorite. Sure. And just like yeah. <laughs> and underrated, one of my underrated favorite Carrie lines is when the priest is like, we can't know what death is like. And she's like, can you just make something up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, you're That's not so... spiritual. You're not. Yeah. Yes. I was like, OK, Carrie. I, like, I love that moment. And like, that was like, oh, the writer comes out. She's just like thinking of this 
monologue being like, how could I edit this? Yeah. She calls him a, ha- a hack, right? Yeah. She's, she's like, like, oh, this guy's a hack. spiritual leader. Yeah. And he was a hack. Oh, he was a hack. Why? He sucked. And we've all been there. I love when he says Miranda's the, her brother's wife. <laughs> <laughs> and Miranda goes. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it like yeah, three times. More than yeah. once. You know. Because there can't be a single woman. At the God, no. I, and it also struck me that, you know, when this moment happens and Samantha, like the floodgates open and, and, and Carrie's voiceover is like she 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 was crying about things she didn't even know she needed to cry about. But we're never fully told mm-hmm. what that is. Obviously, there's just like her grief for her friend Miranda. And that's beautiful on its own because they anytime we're reminded that they have their own connections and friendships that don't just revolve around Carrie that feels so special. But it's also like something more is going on for Samantha. Like there's other things that are ungrieved. A hundred percent. Where's Samantha's mother? I'm just curious. Because it seems like the death of the mother triggered it. And then she's looking for an escape. Yeah. Right. She's like, she just wants to be unconscious, but using sex. She's like trying to get out of herself. I just wonder i mean i might be i might be going too far into it but i i was thinking like impossible samantha she hasn't i think she has some difficulties with mortality Mm. and i mean there's that whole where she like is the only one that's never gotten like an hiv test and like she's she like puts it off because she's just like i can't yeah and you know and you're 100 percent right that is it and i think she's older than the other women a little she's like 10 years older than the other girls so she's just like I think she's like entering her like middle age era and she's like, so I was seeing it as her being like, oh fuck, like people actually die. Yeah. And I think, and then when she actually gets her breast cancer plot line, like that is sort of her reckoning with like her, you know, I think she's lived sort of like putting off depth and like, and I think this is with Smith and her cancer and it's like a reckoning with herself. It's amazing. It is. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I'm a big therapy person. I would say for me, the greatest benefit of therapy, if I can look back at all of the years that I have spent in therapy, has been changing the way that I speak to myself internally. You know, everybody always says like, yeah, treat yourself the way that you would treat a friend. That's much easier said than done. So many of us are our own worst critics and it, it, it takes some, some, some help to untangle that. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. So it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LikeMatt today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LikeMatt. And, and, and that's so well said. How are you dealing with your own grief around her absence in it just like that? Me? Yeah, I'm it's hard. It's really hard. Like I, I her cameo was like, oh, boy, mm. um, as we we recap that on my podcast and we say her cameo was literally her going, hello, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah, which was almost it, worse than not goes seeing to her. Paris. Yeah, because Carrie goes to her city. And they don't see her. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really was. It, it made it. It was like kind of like I'd almost rather not see her. It's too painful. Unless she's going to come back. Should have got off the pot. And at this point, I'm 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 angry at Kim a little mm-hmm. because I I respect her not wanting to do anything where she's not enjoying herself for even a minute. And I love that she's at this point in her life where she's like, I don't want to be in this role. I don't you know, whatever. But I'm like, we need May- her. Our country Maybe. needs her. Exactly. Like, we all have to do things we don't want to do right now. Yeah. What if Kim <laughs> is more Samantha than we realized? Like, she, she totally can't is. face it. She can't face what is, because doing and, you, you know, living in a, a new chapter of this is revisiting what isn't yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. What's past. So maybe it is, she doesn't want to be confronted with her mortality. Totally. And the one part of it, I'm with you, Carrie. I'm like, I want Kim Cattrall to live her best life, but I have so much trouble believing in my bones. I don't believe that she doesn't want to play Samantha. It's like, it's even that cameo as tough as it was. And so it's like, she is coming alive in a way that like, she's not really coming alive in other roles she's playing. I I don't think she doesn't want to play Samantha. I think she wants recognition and respect that she always deserved. And she is getting with people you know, calling for her return. I'm just like, I still believe that we can reach a level where she finally understands that some kind of healing takes place. I say the same thing every week on this podcast. I'm sorry. You don't think she's like slated to come in season three and just blow our minds? I hope to God. I hope to God. Yeah. Even if it's just her separate plot line of her living in London, Mm -hmm. like I... But even you're right. Even in that, there's one moment where she's like, "Oh, I'm fucking furious," and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's Samantha. That's her. She's she's still there. Kim still loves this character, and Carrie and her, even though they acted, Sarah Jessica and her were not acting in the same place at all. I was like, "Damn, if they don't have chemistry. I exactly, I was like, "Oh my god, sparks are phone. flying. They're not even talking to each other, but." I feel it. They might 100%. hate each other, but they have electric friend chemistry. Exactly. And it's like they are meant to be on-screen besties. Yeah, and I do feel like you, uh, given the world that we live in right now, like you owe it to us to give <laughs> your <laughs> gifts. <laughs> give what you can. You know, Absolutely. We need Go friends where duty. we can find them. It's so true. Guys, I'm, I've become very attached to them. I mean, the second I... I think I texted you, Matt, when I first started and just like that and went, oh, my God. Like, I could not believe right away what I was watching because there's I'm not a prude. Like, I understand sex and people doing things, um, touching each other and whatnot. (laughs) Do you? It sounds like it's a new idea the way (laughs) bodies doing in space touching. But like this show, I would say even the new the reboot really takes some time with these moments mm. of oh, yeah. like getting in the pants and touching things yeah. and doing. Oh, just, I mean. Like they're I, not cutting right out. They're really leaving us there for an uncomfortable No, moment. I mean, they went, they did, they, t- they were doing shit that was wild. Like, yes. for you know, and then like, I think it's so HBO. It's so old school, the right yes. HBO. Taxi cab the confession. HBO we need. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, they're... Not the home improvement HBO. No, no, not no, the... no, no. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it 
it it is weird. There was a point in just like that where I was like, "Where's the sex?" Right. And then they and then they brought it. Then they brought season and I was like, two. Okay, they good. were like, "Here we go." Do you want it here? But also, what? can I can I say that I was watching Carrie walk out of the subway in that like long coat? I was like, "These are the outfits that she needs to be wearing." Carrie would not. I'm sorry, not to like. No shame on this like stylist, but Carrie would not be wearing like big frou frou like nutcracker dresses. She would be wearing. You're like, talking about what she's wearing in it, just like that. Yeah, yeah, she's just now really versus in now. But she would the real the Carrie I know wears like a wife beater and like bell bottoms or like boot cut jeans yeah. and like or those long... short shorts with the tie dye tank and the trench and then the brown bowler hat like yeah. the opening. She's really giving us, giving the people what they want, and in and just like that, I still think she looks beautiful. I oh, love she d- oh, thing. Sarah Jessica's gorge. I'm just saying, like it just feels it's it big. feels more like SJP would wear, not what Carrie right. would wear. But she's also in her fifties. Carrie's not the Carrie that we knew then anymore. You know, it's like, do you really want the Carrie in her fifties? Let's be that? feminist right now, and a woman can wear. I do. Woman Whatever. can wear a. A halter top in her in her sixties. That's right. If she wants, it'll be brave. Or in her late fifties, but she can do yeah. it. That's what I was gonna. I mean, dare I say, bring this up, Carrie, about your resistance to the new Miranda. Mm. Is and do I? Do you guys just want to punch me through the computer <laughs> screen because you know that I'm new to the party? No, I love this. Okay, I'm wondering if there is a baked in resistance to us you know socially to a woman who is i know that she is now like i'm this is how i live on my terms i leave my husband i do my but like i think she even says in in and just like that like the the 35 year old me wouldn't have done this thing the 56 year old me does so there is a real departure is it that or is it just the way that they're doing it you feel like they're not letting her be free enough i was like morgan you got me (laughs) internalized misogyny um (laughs) i no i'm i i'm not just like saying this to be like i'm really woke but like i i'm you are woke thank you but i'm Mm -hmm. no i'm all about like i love that they're their age where they're at now Mm -hmm. i'm just saying it's more the like the way they're it's like her choices don't feel like this miranda that we all like knew like miranda Mm -hmm. to me felt like she would be she wouldn't she it just seems like the new miranda is like oh like what are these things and like what are these it's like miranda would be like oh okay about like gender stuff and like she would be not making a big deal yes. about it. Yeah. She wouldn't okay. be so like, whoa, like, what is that? Yes. And like, Miranda would just be like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I don't really care, you know? And I, I feel am, like- I 100% hear that, actually. You just drove it home for me. And people change. And like, it's, I like that she's like on this gay, she's like found her gay truth. And I love that she and Steve made amends and just like that. Like, I like, it, that feels like realistic. People grow apart. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what happens. But- it's just the way that they're. And again, I'm not trying to like knock the writers because I'm like, I'm like hire me. Um, but I'm also <laughs> like, but I'm just like, it just feels like they they need. It almost is like I wish they could go back and like remember who this person is, like mm. rediscover her because this doesn't feel like her. I don't disagree. I guess the argument is that like there are friends that I have now that I 
when I think back to who they were 20 years ago, sometimes I'm like, I don't recognize you. Like, this isn't who mm. you, like, it, it, that part does feel real. Like, that someone mm-hmm. chooses to blow up her life in middle age because she's been in such a deep rut, like, professionally and her family life and her sexuality and all of it. Guys, yeah. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> Just saying there are some people where you're like, wake up, Morgan. Um, you're a lesbian. <laughs> and when you realize that, everything will no. <laughs> but yeah, I still, I, I think that, I don't know. I have a feeling we're going to return to the hard charging mm-hmm. Miranda uh, we remember in season three. No, we have glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like glimpses of that. Like, because Miranda's always like, to me, Miranda always was like facing... She was like the real New Yorker. Like she was sort of like all the other ones were sort of living like this fan- fantastical New York life. Miranda was like a lawyer. She was tired. She was eating like Chinese takeout all the time and just like always and humiliating things were happening. And as someone that lived in New York and was constantly humiliated, like I was like, okay, I feel mm-hmm. this the most. So I but I feel like there are moments of that and just like that where she's sort of like our almost like our proxy. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. why I feel so because t- she was sort of like the audience buy-in was Miranda actually, not Carrie, because Carrie's not realistic. Well, I, it's like that archetypal TV writing thing where you have your central mm-hmm. person, and then the people on the side of that character are more extreme versions. It's like in Frasier, you have, you know, the. Frazier's like the most uptight when he's in Cheers you're like that's the most uptight person there could ever ever be but then they do a spinoff and you meet David High Pierce who's like the more extreme Frazier mm-hmm. and he's bookended by his dad who's like this blue collar person so it's and then I really feel like even as a newcomer and watching Carrie these it's like all these characters are born out of her marrow yeah. you know it's like yeah they're extreme parts of her. So she is sort of the watered down version mm-hmm. of, I mean that I'm, I feel like fans are going to kill me. No, they are, down. there are people who think I saw a theory that Carrie's in a coma and all these women are her like, <laughs> they're all like her delusions. Yeah. And just like that is all like a coma, coma dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a vanilla sky, like simulation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Kind of looks like oh that. My, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, and that would explain the absence of Samantha in a you know that went away that we could just undo like that and just like that she could wake up. Yeah, everything's back. Yeah, back oh, yeah. the way we remember it. That's gonna happen. There, she's gonna say, and just like that, Samantha was home. Like that's gonna happen. That soundbite's gonna happen. Yeah, well, she's gonna be at her doorstep. To. Honey, you gonna let me in or what? <laughs> that is the. I have dildos for you from Europe. <laughs> just got off the plane from Heathrow in London. <laughs> Carrie O'Donnell, Morgan Walsh, uh, I, I adore you both. This was um, just a, a necessary uh, summit and conversation. So yes. Thank you both. Thank you for that having me. That was incredible. Me. Thank you. And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and just like Matt Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walinski. And our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder. <laughs> <laughs>